0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Typhoon Talks, brought to you by Typhoon Consulting, a boutique management consultancy headquartered in Hong Kong. My name is Becky Bates, and I'm an analyst here with the firm. Today, I'm joined by Adrian War. He's Managing Director of Edelman Hong Kong, a communications and marketing consultancy, and is also part of a group of male business leaders in Hong Kong who recently founded the Male Allies. The Male Allies focuses on engaging men in the discussion around gender equality. Adrian, would you like to start by introducing us to how the organisation got started and what its plans are?
1: Yeah, look, I think there's a trend uh, that's been going on over the last few years, which is based on a very wise and seemingly very obvious theory that we've not really paid attention to in the past. I think for a long time, gender equality has been considered and dealt with as a women's issue. Um, which really doesn't make sense, you know, part of the problem that we have is that 80% of management positions globally on average are held by men, so if we're not really tackling men's opinion, then we're really not going to be able to move things very fast, so we're set up based on that belief, and I think the UN's uh, he for she organisation, the male champions of change in Australia, they're both examples of other organisations that have popped up in the same vein, so we uh, are partnered with the Women's Foundation, and uh, we've set ourselves up as an NGO here in Hong Kong, we have... A number of senior business leaders who are members and the idea is that we want to recruit senior business leaders uh, who care about this issue who want to address it themselves and for those around them but who can also use their positions of influence within their business and within hong kong to try and make actual change to uh, the levels of female participation in the workforce
0: that's hugely admirable
1: the nice thing about it is that it's a, it's a big group of many people and i think um, you know, a huge credit to the Women's Foundation for helping drive this, but, uh, you know, there's a committee of, of a large group of us that have all helped try and pull this together.
0: Sure. So what are a couple of, in your view, the most important or most impactful things that men can do to further gender equality in the workplace?
1: Look, it's a great question. I think and it's it's a question that we get asked quite a lot. And I think what people expect as the answer and what people have heard that answer is often very much, oh, I'll change your maternity leave. Or do some unconscious bias training. I, I think all of those things are true, but I like to kind of think slightly higher, than it. I think in the bigger picture. The first thing that we need men to do uh, to help change this issue is is exactly that: is do something. So I think the vast majority of people, and myself included, until you know the last few years, have known that this is an issue that needs fixing. Have known that it's vastly unfair. Have known that it's bad for business. We yeah, haven't really done a great deal about it, and I think um, we need to switch to action. We need to switch to thinking about how we can change ourselves and what we're doing, and how we can change our businesses. So that's the first thing: do something. The second thing um, almost comes against that. It's actually, you know, the first, the second thing that, that, that I would encourage men to do is to sit back and listen and learn. You kind of need to think about this differently, rather than trying to jump to identifying all the problems that you think exist actually it's necessary to understand that uh, as a guy as someone that has come through a business environment in which you naturally have the other hand you just don't necessarily understand the issues you're not going to see it from the same perspective as women in uh, equal positions so you've got to sit back and listen and learn and try and understand what's going on rather than just jumping to uh, solutions and the third thing I think is that People, and I don't think this is just a male quality, but I think people in senior positions in business will often take a very rational and policy-based approach to trying to understand these things, when in fact a lot of the issues are cultural, behavioral, psychological. So yes, it's very good to look at your benefits, your policies, your organizational design of your business. That's all very important, but you really do need to dig into the psychology and the behavioral aspects of why these issues exist in our businesses.
0: One of the really big focuses of a lot of the discussion about gender equality in the workplace is parental leave. I'm guessing you don't think that is the be all and end all?
1: No, I think it's incredibly important. People will look at a company on that. There is no doubt that there are a significant number of women who are seriously considering having a family who would look at companies based on what their maternity is. I'm sure it's a factor. Mm-hmm. But it is a bit of a red herring, right? Because Actually, the parental leave helps with the first six months to a year after you've had a kid. The next seventeen years until they go off to university, that's really the issue, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it is absolutely a factor in retention, but postdoc, proctor, not the case. You're not going to fix your retention issue just by dealing with the first year after. Actually, what we found statistically uh, here in Hong Kong, and there's only other studies that support this, is the drop-off rate is more when the kids are three or four years old. And again, you've got to look at this as much in behaviour as you do in policy. One of the things that we've noted in examining our behaviours, when we have a young mum in the office uh, with a very young kid um, and, say, we're talking about a project where there's going to be some work late nights, there's going to be some, some flexible working required that's going to that's going to dip into people's personal time, you can imagine, right, everyone is very sensitive. They'll say, oh, well, you go home because you're a young mum. Okay? And you, people are very mm-hmm. nice about that. So, you will okay. generally reconsider it. How often do you see that happen when the kid is six or seven years old? You don't you'll forget. You'll yeah. just Completely never forget. So actually, I think the the problem is that we can almost focus too much on that parental leave rather than parents. You know, full stop for that whole period of after they've had kids.
0: Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess you kind of touched on it by saying you got very engaged in ideas around and practice around gender equality a few years ago. But before starting the male allies, you invested quite a lot of time and effort in understanding and addressing the gender balance in your organisation, Edelman. Could you walk us through that process?
1: So look, this is this, this is a long process, and it's not just Edelman and Hong Kong. We've made a big move on this globally. Um, we employ 6,000 people, which is you know, a significant number, the largest in our industry. So we've got a big workforce that needs to address this challenge in order to, to cope with our business. But I think we also have a unique opportunity within communications, within a lot of creative industries. It's a very strange thing. If you look at most professional services consulting, they have an issue of attracting female talent. So your average law firm, your average management consultancy, and I do say your average because there are accept- exceptions of course, but your average uh, professional services firm has an issue where they haven't got enough women in the workforce and they need to attract the men. Mm-hmm. We're in a remarkable position of being exactly the opposite. We are about 85% female at entry level, going up to about 95% at level two, almost mm-hmm. 100% at level three, and then we drop to about 50% at level four, about 20% of level 5 so we have all of the female workforce participation mm-hmm. that we need unfortunately we're not retaining so um, we have a real opportunity to sort of you know be a a beacon industry I think for uh, for improving gender equality for improving seated levels of female senior management within a serious industry we do have a lot that we need to change to do that as I say there is a big drop-off um, and we have a global policy and a global initiative called the Global Women's Executive Network that is driving that within Edelman. In Hong Kong, though, to your question, what we did specifically was um, first of all just stop and do research and try and listen. So we did a number of different focus groups which we got carried out independently. We actually talked to an academic, a sociologist who came in and uh, sort of examined our business and tried to give some training and insights. Um, we looked at past employee surveys you know our annual surveys that you do for employee engagement we looked at all of our exit interviews we broke down staff numbers departure times um, length of service we looked at those by age by nationality by gender all sorts of different facts just lots and lots of research to try and understand what the issues were Uh, and then to try and understand what was going to encourage more women to stay with us up to uh, the most senior level and then we put together pretty ambitious program around that which includes policies and benefits but actually includes an awful lot more on mentoring, on training up the senior men in the office, on providing opportunities, on flexible working, on changing how we manage pay, on changing how we manage performance reviews, addressing imbalances in meritocracy. Lots and lots and lots of different things. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a big effort over the last couple of years. Unfortunately, it's one of these things which takes a long time to pay off. So I think we're Starting to see the benefits around about now of the last year and a half, Mm two years' work. Sure,
0: sure. So, what first engaged you in diversity and inclusion?
1: I think one of the common factors to to all of the people that I know who are involved in this charity is that there are both commercial and personal reasons. Commercially, I've I've explained, you know, it's just incredibly important to our business. From a personal point of view, my mother was the main wage earner. Um, She has a PhD in chemistry and worked in Uh, The pharmaceuticals industry and the chemicals industry at a time when women didn't really work in that industry, she went to a job interview once uh, at a chemical factory where she was going to have to work on the shop floor, Uh, and of course you have to wear overalls and big rubber boots, and the guy that was interviewing her just didn't think that a woman could possibly wear rubber boots, so sent his secretary off to get a pair of rubber boots and made my mum walk around the room just to check that she could in fact walk in rubber boots. So you know she faced that kind of just institutionalised sexism throughout her entire Mm -hmm. life, and my dad's a primary school teacher, so there's very much a role reversal in my, uh, my family, which, so I've been acutely aware of that throughout the years. And I think, you know, having kids here, we, we adopted our kids here in Hong Kong, and the immediate response in one of our first meetings when we were talking to social service about it, I just looked at my wife and said, well, you'll have to give up work, that will give you a much better chance. Mm-hmm. You know, they hadn't even asked at that point who was the main wager. Yeah. It was just a natural assumption that the mum would give up work. So I think personal things like that can sort of get you get your back up a bit, and, mm. um, and really make you want to get involved.
0: Sure, sure. So from that experience and what you've seen in other people on your journey, what advice do you have for listeners who are looking to engage other people in this discussion?
1: I I think the challenge is not having the conversations with other people. Um, people i think it's very rare that i find anyone that disagrees with gender equality you know i mean Mm -hmm. that's a weird position to have if you disagree with gender equality so you don't come across it a great deal the difficult thing i find is getting people past the conversation into taking action
0: yeah so
1: i think everybody can support it everybody can know that it's the right thing to do i think the challenge is kind of getting people to do something the, um, the and the, the barriers, I think, are, are manifold, right? I think everybody has a challenge with time. This feels like something extra to your job rather mm-hmm. than part of the job. You've got to try to change that mentality. This is, if you're in senior leadership, part of your job. It's yeah. in your job description, whether it's explicit or not. It's implicitly in your job description. I think another barrier that comes up quite a lot is a lot of men, feel like they might not have the permission to deal with this you know maybe 10 years back they were part of a rugby team used to make inappropriate jokes mm-hmm. maybe they're in a quite a laddie office and they sort of feel guilty in that they so, feel that they might be hypocritical if they suddenly get on board with this and I think you know I kind of try and reassure people that that's the same for everybody well, we all have been imperfect on that one and, and you know you can't let that be a barrier to you changing and doing something better. I think thankfully these days the conversations are rarely about trying to prove the business case for it. Everybody knows mm-hmm. there is a business case. We don't need to discuss that anymore. It's more about how we do it. I think the other challenge that comes up a lot though is the complexity issue. It, it is incredibly complicated. Yeah. It's not like you can just change a policy and make it work. In fact, to be honest, you can change all the policies you like and it still might not work. Mm. Um, so it is incredibly complicated but the complexity can become an excuse in itself. You know, People will often try and let the perfect be the enemy of the good, instead of just doing something they get paralysed by the complexity sure. of the issue. So I think trying to make it slightly easier for people to do just some basic constructive things that get them started I think is uh, also key for those conversations. Yeah, definitely.
0: Gender is really a really important aspect of DNI, and i and I think there's a lot to be said to focusing your efforts on the areas you focus on in order to maximise your returns of the policies. Um, but like you touched on earlier, talking about your surveys and research at Edelman, globally we're seeing an increased focus on intersectionality and the importance of approaching discrimination through multifaceted approaches. How do you see that playing out in the future?
1: I think it's a really challenging thing for businesses to try and take on this, the whole issue of diversity and inclusion in one go, because there are different messages for different groups there are people that feel proud of identifying with one particular aspect of DNI but not necessarily all. Mm-hmm. There are people that feel aggrieved by one aspect of DNI and not necessarily all. Um, it's very hard to look across everything. I think I've certainly made a decision within Element of kind of, almost do a hierarchy of the issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we absolutely care about LGBTQ. It's absolutely something we talk about. We communicate about it we have policies in the office about it we uh, do community engagement on that topic but we have made a conscious decision to talk more about gender Mm -hmm. equality because it's an issue I think that we have a greater need to tackle more head-on I think what's interesting is that there are a number of things that you can do as a solution that tackle a number of different problems yeah so for instance when you start getting into the area of unconscious bias when you start looking at why you have pay inequality, based on how you're running your meritocracy, you start realizing that it's not necessarily gender discrimination, but often a lot more affinity bias. Mm -hmm. And affinity bias can affect your whole range of diversity and inclusion issues. Now, if you start training people on what affinity bias is and getting their head it, you're actually thankfully tackling a number of birds with one stone. So I think there are areas where you can try and tackle it, everything across the board. I think it is incredibly hard to do everything in one go, and most businesses um, that I work with are looking at uh, different areas of diversity and inclusion with slightly different work streams and slightly different approaches. It remains to be seen whether that's the most effective or most efficient way of doing it, mm-hmm. but I think I, I've seen that work reasonably well so far.
0: Sure, and I guess in a few years we'll hopefully have some data, that's Fingers how crossed. we best do it. Yeah. Hopefully. So you're an expat like me, you're also originally from the UK. How do you think that attitudes and responses to diversity and inclusion agendas vary between Hong Kong and Britain or Asia and Europe more broadly?
1: Well, look, I think, you know, the fact that we have to answer the question in some way answers it. As expats, we don't really know. We know Mm -hmm. for multinational businesses that we're dealing with, but can we truly understand the issues as they affect local uh, businesses or local employees? No, not really. Yeah. So, so much of the issues around gender equality happen way before we start in a workforce. It's uh, our introduction to media and what we take in as kids and as teenagers through that world. It's how education works, it's family backgrounds, social mores, and all of these things. You, know, you can learn about as an expat by making friends here and understanding it, but you don't really understand it. Yeah. So I think, you know, we have to understand that we have a bit of a blind spot in terms of understanding that. At the same time, um, the root issues are not massively dissimilar. Mm -hmm. Um, Deep-rooted cultural biases, unconscious bias, affinity bias, um, and obviously elements of, of policy that are creating imbalance in the same way as you have in the rest of the world. I certainly wouldn't say that there is more or less of a desire to address this issue from local or international businesses. I think everybody uh, realizes that, and we certainly see plenty of interest from uh, the male allies' perspective from local Hong Kong companies to get involved too. So I don't think you have a, we see it this way, Hong Kong people see it that way. I think we all see that gender equality needs tackling. I think the cultural nuances behind it it's hard for anyone to understand another sure. perspective, and so we do have that issue.
0: Yeah, sure. So to wrap up the episode, sadly that's all we have time for. Would you mind giving us three key messages to take away from this episode?
1: Yeah, first off, do something, take some action. It's not really enough just to support this issue. You know, you have to look at what you can do on a personal level, what you can do uh, on a business level, and what you can do to kind of campaign for change within the market. The second is listen and learn, don't assume that you actually really understand this issue. Uh, Try and do research, try and talk to people about it, try and find out more. And the third thing is don't just look at this from a plain policy point of view, think about this from a psychological and behavioral point of view as well
0: great thank you very much if any of our listeners want to find out any more about the male allies you can follow them on linkedin at the male allies hong kong follow us on twitter at typhoon buzz and on itunes and soundcloud at typhoon talks for more podcast episodes also please visit our website at www.typhoonconsulting.com for more industry points of views we hope you'll join us again